Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You can find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. J.C. and I are having a little bit of technical difficulties today, so if you're wondering why our sound sounds a little bit different than usual, uh, we are on the road, and for some reason, our our uh, sound equipment decided to take a vacation without us. So we are winging it. <laughs> Still going to bring you what we always bring you, but just sound a little bit different today. And so, uh, JC, did you see that the shutdown is all over? I heard, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Shut down all over. Are we all relieved that the government is now back to operating and spending our money? Yeah, I. Looking at the headlines, I guess we learned that we can't do without government. That's what you know. That's what the narrative, which is what I predicted. Right, exactly. It's because the shutdown didn't last long enough, and that's something that I wanted to talk about today. It's an article that I saw that we saw in Forbes magazine, written by Blake Morant. Now, let me give you Blake Morant's uh, uh, biography real quick, just to give you a little insight on the perspective the article is written in. So, Blake D. Morant, and I guess that's how you say his last name. I serve as Dean and Robert Kramer Research Professor of Law at George Washington University Law School. Prior to assuming the deanship of GW Law in 2014, I was dean of the Wake Forest University School of Law for seven years. I speak around the globe on current issues in legal education and have published extensively in my areas of scholarly focus. I had numerous national posts, leadership posts with the Association of American Law Schools, of which I was president in 2015, and the American Bar Association. Currently, I'm a member of the ABA's Commission on the Future of Legal Education and presidents of the ALS. So it should be no surprise to you that in the midst of Mr. Morant's article on the things that we learned from the government shutdown is this this glorious fawning over the wonderful 
uh, profession of lawyers. How lawyers, oh, really? yes, no, how <laughs> lawyers saved us from the government shutdown. Oh, nice. Because we all know. Thank you. Yeah, right. So we all know that most of the people in Congress are lawyers. Sure. And it's because lawyers are, uh, are skilled in the art of compromise that we were saved from the government shutdown. Cool. How cool is that? Aren't you glad about that, JC? Yeah, thank you, lawyers. Thank you, lawyers. Oh, my goodness. I don't know uh, if there is an, a more arrogant profession on the planet you than think? lawyers. I mean, seriously, we saw that when we went to my uh, orientation at the University of Florida Law School. The You're the best of the best of the best, and you're the brightest, and that's why you're here. And it, it was just it was a very interesting perspective. But the one thing that I wanted to talk to you about uh, today is the text of this, uh, the, the premise of this article. And we have it up on YouTube right now. The name of the article is After the Shutdown, The Essentiality of Compromise. And that's what this is all about. It's all about compromise. And what's interesting is, is that he actually invokes the name of the founders as this, this kind of idea of compromise. And he says, democracy by its very nature requires compromise. Now, all of you who are gritting your teeth right now, we know why. Uh, he says, in fact, compromise has always been a fundamental element of functional democracy. In his biography of John Adams, David McCullough noted that, quote, founding fathers such as Adams and Thomas Jefferson recognized the importance of compromise, both engaged in it avidly, sometimes contentiously, while in public office. What, what, hold on. Why is founding fathers in quotes? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, because the whole, like he's not quoting David McCullough. No, he's not quoting David McCullough. But he puts founding fathers in quotes. Like, what is that? What is he trying to say? Well, I think he's that, trying to. Weird. You know, here's my thing. Here's my guess, right? Because to say founding fathers is misogynistic, right? So you have to put that in quotations as oh. if you are referencing the terminology okay, so, of David McCullough. So. Right. So I. So he's saying I'm not calling them founding fathers. Yes. Because I. Because <laughs> I don't hate women. This right. is this is the women hating term David McCullough used. So that's what we're to take from that. That's that's my guess, JC. That is totally totally. I mean, because you usually you use quotation marks. I mean, typically to say this is what he said. But mm -hmm. Why is that somehow? I mean, it's just the idea that I, we're I talking about Adams like, and Jefferson. Yeah. So. Why founding fathers in quote? Like, oh man, that was weird. David McCullough called Adams and Jefferson founding fathers. How bizarre. <laughs> I better put that in quotes or people are not going to really know what I'm talking about. That's so weird. Well, here's the thing. What? I think it's more like, uh, like roll your eyes, air quotes with your fingers. Uh -huh. Founding fathers. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, so that makes sense. I'm trying to resonate with my air quotes with yeah. the, with the people out there who refer to them as founding fathers, right? Okay. So I think so, it's more of a mocking. Yeah. 
but right? I mean, or a sarcasm. Maybe, right, 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 right. maybe it's off topic. But I just thought it was weird. I mean, no, no, no. Not... I I thought it was weird too. But I and I am glad you brought that up because I think it's it is it is absolutely true. But it's interesting. He uses the term compromise. They engage avidly, sometimes contentiously, while in public office. I I would term that as debate. Yes, and that's very important. Now, what I also find very interesting, JC, is that he quotes David McCullough on the Founding Fathers, but never quotes Adams or Jefferson themselves. Because if he quoted Adams, he would have to quote, Liberty must at all hazards be supported. Yeah. Which is something that Adams would tell you is not open for compromise. It is really weird because obviously we read David McCullough. We've mm-hmm. read that biography. David McCullough quotes the founders. Yes. So why would you? I just don't understand that. Why would you not quote the founders themselves? Well, because this lawyer has how, how never was... read the founders himself. Okay. So the best thing that uh, he can do is read books about the founders right. and then make his, his extractions contemporaneously, you know, yeah, and not yeah. based on historical fact. Because like I said, if he were to actually quote the founders, he would know that not like he asserts in this article, that that not everything is up for compromise. He asserts in this article that there is absolutely nothing that government deals with that should not be open to compromise, which is ap- which is completely contradictory to the principles and the standards that John Adams, that uh, Jefferson, and, and the rest of our founders, both men and women, uh, think about it. If compromise was the primary goal, we would have never declared independence from Great Britain. We would have compromised with Parliament to achieve the desired results. Well, with all due respect to the founders and drafters, when when I think back to the things that they did compromise, those things are actually a source of problem today or were a source of problems afterward. Like they, I mean... I understand why they compromised on some things. For instance, the slavery issue. They compromised because they felt like if we don't go ahead and do this, we're not going to have a union at all. Mm-hmm. But and and that may have you know you could argue well that's all they could do at the time. Some say no, they could have done more. They should have. I mean, in fact, I think it was Madison later said we should have done it right then and there. Well, George Mason it came back to bite them. Yeah, I mean, George Mason said at the time. That we should we should be doing more. George yes. Mason said, "I'm not signing this because we ought to be doing more." So it's interesting. He's extolling. I mean, he's talking about it in such a way like this is the golden goose, you know. Uh-huh. When in fact, the the very essence of compromise is to take the lesser. Uh, choice like what you know. This right. is the good thing to do. Okay, well, nobody can agree on. The thing to do, nobody, nobody all wants to get together and do the thing that is best. So let's do less than best. I mean, that really is the essence of compromise. And he's making it sound like, you know, this is the epitome of how it ought to work. Well, but compromise... That's crazy. Uh, and I'll just say, uh, compromise doesn't have to be the less than best. Compromise ought to be, we're taking the best of the both ideas and creating the best, yeah, right? that's not compromise, But that's though. not what that's he's talking That's collaboration. See, this oh, is the thing. The, there the, you go. There's another distinction that well, we ought to be talking about. And that's the point. This, this whole uh, hijacking of terminology and twisting 
what's going on here and sort of redefine it. I mean, I see, I look at this article, like he's basically trying to, you know, put sugar on a turd and say, hey, isn't, doesn't this taste good, guys? This is great. Yeah, only he doesn't think it's a piece of poop. Yeah. He doesn't think, he think it's, thinks it's the most fabulous thing yeah. that we've well, done. He, and it's disgraceful that we didn't compromise, compromise. I'll do his little air quotes thing. We didn't compromise from well, the beginning. You assume that's what he thinks. That's what he's pitching. That's what that's, he's pitching. That's what he wants us yeah. to believe. That's what he wants us to believe. But, you know, anyway, the end well, result's I, the same. I think the the next, uh, as we have this up on YouTube, the next statement is very indicative of, of his definition of compromise. He says, in fact, the Declaration of Independence originally drafted by Jefferson resulted from a wordsmithing exchange that produced the honored document we celebrate today. So that's wordsmithing is not compromise because here's here's the point he he addresses in this article that that uh, sticking with principles on uh, unwaver and unwavering is is a bad thing to do and so wordsmithing now because principles mean nothing wordsmithing is how we're supposed to work things. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. If you're just tuning in, this is Chris Ann Hall, and I'm here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we do apologize for the sound issues, but we are dedicated to bringing you this truth. And we are talking to you today about an article on Forbes magazine talking about what he calls the essentiality of of uh, compromise. And as you mentioned before, JC, it's very interesting because he brings this up in the article, um, the controversy leading to the longest government shutdown in the nation's history focused on competing goals of the president and members of Congress, both seeking solutions for true border security. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> right? Seriously. Wrong. Because Congress was not seeking a goal no. for true border no. security. No, how, how could you have an entire body and representatives of those bodies standing, you know, many of them saying open borders, you know, no security, sanctuary cities, anybody should be able to come. You know, I mean, how 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 does that translate into wanting to secure the borders? That's utter nonsense. So so now this guy, I mean, come on. Now you've revealed yourself, whatever, Morant, whatever his name is, as, as either a liar or, or a moron. How do you how do you come to that conclusion? Both sides were attempting to find solutions. No, they were not. Are you that stupid? Yeah, yeah. So he says the deal to reopen the government relieved some of the angst suffered by unpaid federal workers, disappointed fans of national museums and parks, frustrated passengers in airports, and many concerned about the shutdown's effect on the economy. Political pundits and economists will no doubt dissect the the multifaceted effects of the month-long shutdown. And he says, in my view... 
This unprecedented chapter in our history underscores an indelible construct of democracy, namely the salience of compromise. And remember, in it, it oh my goodness, I know. Seriously. What a nitwit! He says, he, in he's, Jesus' name, <laughs> may his bank account and all of his wealth be transferred to someone else who has a brain, and this man be out of a job. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> what a buffoon. I would not wipe my rear end with this trash in Forbes magazine. But this is this Forbes is such magazine. Pollyanna I garbage. I know. So he remember he says earlier that Adams and Jefferson would agree with him, right? Oh, I mean his the, the the very paragraph asserts that Jefferson and Madison and Adams would agree with him. But remember, Adams said that liberty must at all hazards be supported. Jefferson said, How can the the the, the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we remove their firm foundation that liberty is a gift from God. He said, I tremble for my nation because I know that that we ser- serve a just God and his justice will not sleep forever. And so he goes if, on. And- as if you needed any more proof of this Clinton Bush, Saudi, uh, you know, cabal, establishment cabal of, of absolute brain dead nitwits. Uh, I give you Forbes. He says contemporary politics has seemingly eroded the acceptability of compromise. Intense polarization forces individuals into intractable positions. As a result, many like, li- like supporting liberty, like supporting liberty, like supporting limited government, like supporting the security and safety of your family from foreign invasion, following the rule of law, following the rule of law. Here's what he says. Now you're going to love this. He you're says so, you're so intractable, wanting to follow all of that stuff. You're intractable. I mean, I mean, I mean, those are those are just the basis of a civilized nation. How how intractable of you to follow these things? Yeah. He says, "Doofus." He is. He says, "Contemporary." He says, uh, "Now listen to this, JC. It's crazy." As a result, right? Because he's blaming tribalism for this dedication to liberty and the rule of law and the Constitution. He says, "As a result, many believe their ideas and their beliefs to be paramount, sacrosanct, and most disturbingly immutable." Immutable. Yeah. In modifications of those ideas and beliefs become intolerable, signaling a weakness of conviction. As a result, compromise is seen as a loss rather than a different form of win. Mm-hmm. So because I won't compromise on my principles, then I am a bad guy. Yeah. I am the right. problem, right? When you look up that word principles, sacrosanct. right, because you look up something in the dictionary that's, you look up the word principle in the dictionary, and by the very nature of its definition, it is immutable. As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction, we cry. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. 
And we, if you're just tuning in, we're dealing with an article on Forbes magazine written. I, I, I can't believe you picked this up. I, I, I'm going to no, go. It's a great I'm gonna, teaching I'm gonna, tool. I'm going to leave her with a headache. It's, but it's a great teaching tool. I really think so because what we, 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 what, what is this sacrosanct? Like thou shalt not kill? Is that sacrosanct? And at what point is it, is it not? sacrosanct and immutable is thou shalt not kill is that is that not immutable so if it's your 24 year old daughter okay and i'm going to put a bullet in her forehead uh, the, the the fact that that's not right is that sacrosanct okay let's dial it back a little bit how about when she's eight is that okay can we kill her then is that is it ceasing to be sacrosanct oh well here's an idea how about she's Almost out of the womb, but not quite out of the womb. Then we can kill her then, and it's not sacrosanct. Okay, so that's what this moron is pitching. That there's there's really no standard. There shouldn't be any standard. And if you have standards, you're the bad guy because you say you're not willing to compromise on these things. We ought to be able to compromise. Yeah, that's what that's what got us where we are. And and it's just it's mind boggling to me that people that are this stupid and depraved have this kind of platform. But you know how that all works because you got the cabal running all this garbage and, and these fish wraps like Forbes who have achieved some sort of status because a bunch of rich guys run it and have their name on it. And so this is something we're all supposed to swallow. This is poisonous trash. Okay, but see, you study the headlines, JC. Thank you I, for letting me get that off my chest. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And I know the I know the Liberty First listeners love it when you when you blast off like that. I get so many comments. JC says exactly what I'm feeling. But here's the That's thing, an idiot. Here's Just the thing. The biggest bunch of trash. This I've heard. this is I, I picked this because it's a teaching tool, and it is the the most exaggerated form of what you're hearing, but you're hearing it across the board. You talk at all of the media channels are now talking about compromise. And I want Liberty First listeners to be better than that. I want them to know what, what compromise really means to these people. It is a code word for slavish submission. It is a code word for unlimited authority to government by permission. It is a code word, JC, for this destructive ideology that the Constitution means nothing at all, it is a it is a living, breathing document, which means it's not okay. a standard. Okay, so that's what that's what that's what ticks me off here. One of the things, one of the several things, what you see, this little con artist, he's he's not simply saying we ought to compromise. This is part of the government. He's actually teaching in this article that the Constitution and the founding documents themselves are in reality just just vehicles of compromise. Yes. They're they're not standards. They're well, let just, me read this, JC. This he says that you can change. He says democracy by its very nature requires compromise as in fact compromise has been a fundamental element of functional democracy. So, here's the thing. Number 1, I mean, this is I I teach this all the time at LFU. We have it free videos on YouTube. America is not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. And it drives me nuts when people try to say, well, what we really are are is a, a representative republic. No, what we really are 
is a constitutional republic. Why wouldn't you say what we are exactly rather than sort of mulling up the terms and, 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 and quoting vagaries or even just simply deceptions? A democracy is what gets the compromise of what should be principles. It leads the majority uh, social desire over the basic fundamental principles of life. And a representative republic, when you call America a representative republic, you diminish the importance of the Constitution as the standard in the republic. Yeah, you can't... It doesn't take... JC, it doesn't take any more... Uh, and it doesn't take any more breath or muscles to say constitutional republic than it does truth. than it does to say representative republic, but and the, it drives me stinking nuts. But the problem is to you for him to use the constitutional the, the phrase constitutional republic would imply restraint, yes. a restraint, which which is the opposite of what he's what he's pitching that there is no restraint so like he says if our pluralistic democracy it it gets i mean he like here's the problem with that word democracy it's so vague and the general american public has no idea what democracy means you get sucked down now we're a pluralistic democracy is to thrive or even survive we must instill the body politic the essential essentiality of compromise in political and social engagement and and now he he begins on his his uh, you know louding of the of the legal community he says those in the legal profession and legal educators should be primary stewards of this charge. Yes, they should. They no no. The, no but they, the problem is we. Yeah. The, this is who we have. This is who represents that class. I mean, don't forget this. this but they idiot are is stewardships leading. of the charge of the pluralistic democracy and the essentiality of compromise on social engagement. Yeah, they, sh- they should be stewards. I mean, this is they what, should be stewards of the Constitution and truth it? and principle. Yeah, was, what is that? What Madison said or Hamlin said? I mean, the, the or Jefferson even. I mean, they're supposed to be stewards. Yes. Of this, when he talks about the judiciary, which which by implication, would be the lawyers, the attorneys, the legal educators. He They're says, supposed to be stewards of constitutional principles. Were I don't, they take an ever, oath to the Constitution, does, does so ever, not compromise. Does he ever say constitutional republic no, in the entire article? Not in, he doesn't even mention the Constitution in the entire article. Listen to what he says. Compromise as a goal must be seen as an invaluable end synonymous with success. I want to take that and tell you what that means. A synonymous synonymous with success is yeah. su- success in political power. No, but success for whom? See, right, this is, exactly. This it's is success signaling. for political power. He's now signaling. Mm-hmm. So that now I see what's going on. So he's signaling to those who would destroy the republic. We won. We're winning, guys. Yes. Keep doing this. This yes. is the result we're looking for. Because here we have uh, this. This now this this display in America about how we can't live without our national parks. Well, I mean, we can't live without the federal government running our parks and, and running our airports and running all this thing. We stuck it out, guys, long enough to put on the squeeze, but we didn't stick, we didn't let them stick it out long enough to know they didn't need us anymore. He says, look at this. He says, political and social engagement as a zero sum game must be vigorously refuted. 
right and wrong must be vigorously refuted. You cannot have black, you cannot have standards. You cannot have right and wrong. You cannot have, uh, wrong, uh, you cannot have truth and deception. You must have something that whatever, whatever the opposite of all that is, right? Vigorously, we must vigorously dispute truth. We must vigorously dispute principle. Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender liberty when uh, knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. This man is preaching against both knowledge and virtue in the same article. He says, the concept of winning must be broadened to include the achievement of a middle ground in which the parties, remember, this is all about politics. It's not about liberty. It's not about constitution. It's not about rights. Uh, have a shared sense of vestment in a final result that distributes benefits and losses among competing parties. Who's winning here? Well, don't, Who's winning here? It's not you and me. And don't forget, was he dean at Georgetown, a dean at Wake Forest, mm-hmm. leading the ABA. ABA? I mean, so come on, parents out there. Are you going to stop? Someday, are you going to stop? When, when are we going to stop? I mean, we run into sending our children. We to run these into indoctrination parents, centers. I'm telling you, man, and we run into these parents all the time, all over the country, and they complain about this stuff. And you still send your money there. You still send your kids there. When are you going to stop? Uh, you know, here the, these are the people leading leading this is those. Frust- institutions. This is so frustrating to me because we 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 have conservative parents. People who read the Constitution sending their money and their children to these schools because they claim there is no other option. Conservative uh, public service announcement, Forbes goes under the label conservative. This is the conservative version that you're getting right here. These are conservatives. So, yeah, keep, keep, keep waving that banner. Principles are unwavering. Life, liberty property as jefferson described it as the pursuit of happiness these are principles i just want to know you know because i know the answer to this question it's just sort of the uh, a rhetorical question because i went to law school and i know what these lawyers believe and i know what they say but you know is freedom of speech then is that is that simply a comp- you know something you can compromise yeah is, it has to be it, it can't be, be it can't be it can't be immutable. It can't due be process? sacrosanct. Due process. Don't be sacrosanct about due process. It's not an immutable idea. Well, I want to see him say that when some officer comes to his house and tries to arrest him without a warrant. Well, he doesn't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to worry about it. He's 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 a made man. I mean, come on. Think about it. Of yeah. all, of, of of all the people, and it's not like he's some anomaly, but. No, he is the stereotypical, he is the epitome of law school ideology. But I'm saying, who's getting to be made deans of the leading law schools? Wake Forest, Georgetown, etc., so on and so forth. You look around all of them. These are the guys. So, yeah, it's not going to happen to him because the system is made uh, for people like him. Until it's not. 
because it always comes down to that. Stalin shot his own people in the forehead. So, sure. I mean, nobody's safe. He says the longest government shutdown in U.S. history has produced negative impacts that will be likely felt from some time to come. I do believe, however, there could be a silver lining, he says. The nation has witnessed firsthand the fundamental importance of government and civil service in the provision of essential services such as security, safety, and economic stability. So what does a national park have to do with security, safety, and economic stability? I mean, if we're going to throw that out there, nothing, right? So the aftermath of this painful episode, he says, should also demonstrate the importance of compromise as a process that leads to greater functionality. Sissy. You are a panty waist sissy if you refer to a 34-day shutdown as a painful episode in your life. Welcome back to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal, our final segment. JC and I are going to go out right after this show and try to get our sound equipment fixed. I'm really sort of embarrassed by the sound, but I really hope you'll, you'll, you'll stick with us through this. I promise we're going to make this all better. But this is important for us to do because you're going to hear the words compromise literally littered in every conversation this week. And we need to know what that means. There's an old story JC told about um, uh, Daniel Boone, about when Daniel Boone was in the House of Representatives and um, there was a time when Daniel Boone compromised in a budget. And he went out to 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 speak to his constituency about re-election and he came across an old farmer who said, hey, I'm not voting for you. I voted for you the first time, but I'm not voting for you again. And and Daniel Boone said, why? I'm doing my best to represent you. And Daniel Boone and the constituent then said to Daniel Boone, hey, uh, you let us down. You voted for this government program that was not within the power of government. And you have proven to me that you do not have what it takes to stick it out, to stick with principles. And because you will compromise principles, I can't trust you in the future. Now, there's some there's some sort of um, just dispute on whether that actually happened or not, but it's a widely told story. And that's what's the problem that we have here in America today, JC. That's why our Congress has an 11% approval rating and a 95% re-election because the majority of Americans, whether you be liberal, Democrat, you be uh, conservative, Republican, whatever, Green Party, whatever party you associate with, this, this compromise has become um, as as this author says, uh, something that is an essential part of who we are. And we've lost sight of the fact that there the reason America is different from every other government on the planet, the reason our state and our union is different from every other union on the planet is because we were built on the essentials of principle. And principle by themselves are not up 
for compromise. And, you know, I think you've said it before, JC, it's the virtue, it's the courage. This compromise, this compromising on principles is really a lack of courage, isn't it? Well, it's, I, that's, yeah, but it's like you said, it's a virtue and knowledge. I mean, virtue, courage is, courage is a, is a product of virtue. So it's knowledge and virtue, just like Sam Adams said. Mm-hmm. And people, people don't know, they don't have the principles and then they're not will. they don't have the virtue that causes them, uh, it, you know, gives them that sense of duty and, right. and compulsion to stand for those things. So I, I just, I, you know, it goes, I, I think about, when you gave that class the other night about going to the source, go to the right. source, go to the source. And people just are led around, even this stuff, the, the polls and what this person think and the approval rating and this and that. And I saw this thing. You see these bizarre polls about uh, the investigation, for instance, the Russian investigation. So oh, a majority of the people want it to end. Right. But then you see in the same in the same survey, uh, a majority of people want an investigation into Russian collusion. I mean, they they want investigation this, investigation that, and then they say at the same time in the same survey, same people say want the investigation in. I, I don't even know what to think about people. What, like, what's going on? You're schizophrenic or whatever. But it's just evidence of people are in confusion. They don't have principles, and they're led around by the nose. I think of the things we saw where, you know, we looked at the the the, the stories and the headlines that are being reported. I just Okay, go back to the cake baker, not to be the dead horse, the cake baker thing, where they were saying, oh, victory for the cake baker in Colorado. And you wrote the blog. You said, no, look at look at the opinion. And you quoted the literal, here are the sentences in the opinion. This is actually what they said. You know, so it was, again, go to the source. But people sit around, you take the headlines, you listen to Fox News, you listen to whoever, and then and then you just repeat this stuff. So people are not, they're not, they're not founded on principle. They don't know what they think. And what the media says changes from day to day, and it's this crisis, that crisis. I think this whole shutdown was just pure theater, more manipulation and control to set us up for this conversation right now that's going on. So they led people where they wanted them to go so they could get them to think what they wanted them to think. He says, he says the aftermath of this painful episode should also demonstrate the importance of compromise as a process to leads to greater functionality. No, what that means is a process that leads to less obstruction in government in in creating the government an uncontrollable unlimited government that they want. Learn the news speak and then speak truth. God bless you guys. We'll see you later.